had this thing on we have this thing on Tuesday nights where I, I downloaded sound bites. Mm-hmm. So one of them is when someone releases a really good song, you know, I have like air horns and stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's one that's just like a nuclear siren that's like, meh, meh, meh. <laughs> What kind of song gets a nuclear siren? Well, a Boppenheimer. It's it, 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 dude. People were going nuts the other day. I was like, "Uh oh, is this one of Bobbenheimer, y'all?" And oh like, my god, do you have to evacuate? So it's like, like <laughs> I press the Bobbenheimer, it goes, eh, 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 and then I hit this explosion. It goes, wow. And then you guys all just have to disappear off screen and be like, "It was that good. It killed everyone." Is that dark? I gotta have That's an a an, dark. no. I have to have an animation where it's like like it's melting, you know, and then it's yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's. That's hilarious. It's too much work. I think the sound effects was the, as far as I'll go. All right, Chad. Hello, Chad. Hi, Val. How's it going? <laughs> Look, here's the deal, Val. I woke up today and... I don't know if I woke up today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start there. <laughs> I don't know if I this woke is, up you're, today. Yeah, you're, you're the nice intersection of zany and delirious. <laughs> Silly. <laughs> Okay. Yes. Uh, Anyways, for those of you who are not watching us on a visual media, uh, you should do that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She has a beach ball cup. Yeah, I do. Yeah. This is a okay. Podcast lore is that Jose, who's off camera producing our lovely podcast, brought me a fun cup because the first one of the first times we filmed, you had Uh a really fun cup, and then I got a little jealous because I didn't have a fun cup prepared. So now I didn't bring a fun cup, but. I did find one in my... Yeah, you do have a fun So cup. for those of you not watching, this is a special collector's cup from the Brownies and Valorade, Brownies and Lemonade Valorant event we did the other night. Valorade. Which was fun. Which and I particularly love the name of that. Of course. It's my name. Yes. Anything that, uh, you know, inflates your vanity, you're down <laughs> with. Damn. Damn. All right. Take a sip out of my beach ball cup for that. But here in the, in the music world and electronic... DJ world, everyone's so soft. <laughs> we're the Gerber, we're the Gerber baby food people. Damn. Yeah. yeah. You gotta Tell just like be very careful about, you know, everything. It's you true. Say. That's why it's so funny when DJs have beef because it's like soft, tender beef. I know. It's like Wagyu. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it, it, that is an interesting thing. Mm. I guess if we're segueing to more of a music conversation Let's that go. I've noticed about, beef in electronic <laughs> music why is... do i want to scream the lyrics to the 303 song <laughs> I'm, a I'm a vegetarian yeah. and uh i, that, I feel I'm like that's a little scared de- of him that's how that goes chad did you forget <laughs> cue the cue the uh the beep sound effect yeah. which sometimes comes in on this podcast but I sometimes i forget to put it in honestly so you know, you know, we're making it for work. those of you who don't know, Valerie, Jose, and myself, uh, shout out Jose, our producer, who's making it all work right Invisible now. Invisible producer. We edit the podcast ourselves and yeah, the clips. we're DIY. So you know? if you sometimes hear us say a very clear expletive, and then a minute later and you goes, hear beep. a beep. <laughs> Just forget about it. Just it's, pretend like it didn't happen. Who cares? Who cares? Although you were warned on... Um, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it should have a big E next to this title. Yeah, because yeah, we're so. a mature podcast for mature Pre- people. <laughs> <laughs> With a beach ball cup. Okay. Anyways, we were, were you going to say something about? I was talking about EDM dance beef. Music beef. Yeah, yeah. it's really funny because beef is a great way to promote something. 
right? Mm. It's an amazing. Oh, way you to mean like something. like calculated or not calculated, like accidental beef? Well, I mean, there is the calculated beef, which something that comes to mind because rap is like the most obvious, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like scene in place where yeah. Well, actually, this was back in two thousand seven. Okay, Kanye West and Fifty Cent had an album. They had albums coming out on the same day. Yeah, and it was like this, like. Whoever gets the most record sales on the first day promotion. They were kind of trying to do like a Barbenheimer kind of thing. Mm. But it ended up not working out in 50 Cent's favor. He was very much like Kanye like sold, you know, X amount of times. But it was like, it was so manufactured, I felt. Mm. I don't know if they liked each other or not. I'm pretty sure they had a decent relationship. Yeah. But then unintentional beef is like when Drake and Pusha T were like, you know, doing like freestyle and then like Pusha T's like, oh wait, no, Drake has a kid. <laughs> it's like, yeah. he's a bad father. And that was and then definitely people were like, not planned. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Yeah. And everyone was like, secret child. <laughs> <laughs> I think that kind of like, I mean, obviously it helped both of them. Like yeah. everyone was talking about it, but mm-hmm. I think that, I don't think Pusha T was promoting anything. No, I know? don't think he was promoting anything in that instance. And so in EDM, we're all about promotion. And I think that, it just people have talked like there should be more beef because like yeah. whenever there's just a little bit of stuff, like you hear people's names like John Summit and stuff. Yeah. And it because it's always associated with something controversial. And I Yes, that's true. Makes great music. Yeah. Is a tremendous, you know, figure musically. Mm-hmm. But also you hear about the the extracurricular stuff, the mm. interpersonal sort of, you know, tension and yeah. Stuff on- online, so. Yeah, well, now you have me thinking about, I mean, you brought up John Summit because I guess that's like the recent, a recent big beef was that he accidentally got himself into hot water, I would say, with uh, the event that shared the same name as his label, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about, like, when you're saying dance music is soft, it is kind of funny because it really was like, it's just like misplaced silliness a lot of the time like i feel like the beef that dance music gets into is just like what are we what are we actually fighting about here like which is funny because it's kind of the same with rap but i don't know why it feels different right like yeah i mean one that comes to mind also was this uh excision getter sort of dust up where they were talking about ghost producers and um he like called out a particular artist who had ghost produced for excision and was like, Oh, he doesn't get his credit. Yeah. But then he came out and said like all the people who produce with me are, you know, given credit, but he was, Getter was claiming that there were like NDAs involved and that's mm. what, there's just like this whole thing. And I'm like, this is the beef. Like we're talking about like, yeah. you know, these kind of behind the scenes, practices in electronic music that kind of everyone knows, but doesn't, and that's where that's it gets weird because like the fans, have a decent amount of like a veil, you know. That yeah. They, and, and I don't know sometimes if like calling someone out for having a ghost producer is really like the biggest moral quandary that we should be. Well, that's why I'm kind of thinking about it because I'm trying to figure out in my head even. I'm like, well, what's the difference? Because it's true. It's like across like you compare rap to dance music. The, the debates are not that different in like silliness levels. But I think one thing that dance music does to itself is like, we're a funny genre, right? Because we're kind of the black sheep of music genres. Like, we're always kind of the underdog. 
it's not as big as hip hop or pop or even rock or something like that with legacy. Um, and then at the same time, both the fans and the artists kind of get stuck in this like halfway where like we know we're kind of like unprofessional and like that's just kind of how it is because it, it is DIY a little in some ways. But then like sometimes people get pulled into thinking like, oh, it should be done this way. Like there shouldn't be ghost producers or like we shouldn't have those discussions or something like that. And then I feel like that's what happens where we're fighting about things where we're like, ghost producers are very common, I think, across yeah. not just dance music, across many different types of music. I mean, yeah, also like. Yeah. No, the, yeah. the, you're totally right. I mean, like, the, there's a ton of stuff about, like, even in rap, like Lil Wayne. Yeah. The, I've watched videos where it's like, here's Lil Wayne swagger jacking, like, this amount of artists. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. You know, I remember in the VMAs, you know, Lil Wayne's height, he did this, like, freestyle rap over one of his songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was, like, Misunderstood or whatever when he came out. And it was the exact same verse that Drake had on one of his mixtapes. So it's like, oh, Drake Mm. wrote that for him. Mm. It's like, it's not crazy. Like, obviously, Lil Wayne co-signed Drake. And then there you have that artist. So I know I'm mentioning rap a lot here. That's usually the model in which we're Mm -hmm. kind of like comparing these things to. But because like you're saying, it feels like dance music is a less serious, less official sort of genre. It's not in the pantheon of like, no one is like, talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and then talking about yeah. dance music residents in Vegas in the same yeah. breath. You know, yes. like we're just, yeah. I think that it, unfortunately, the pinnacle of dance music, the highest highs, yeah, is just like not even anywhere close to where a lot of you know, yeah. people see music, so. Yeah, which is really interesting because I feel like you think about, we've had efforts made where we're, we've tried to kind of get into the same league as other genres. Like we've tried to do the electronic music awards, which came and went kind of Is that- quickly, you know? Oh, I, yeah. I, I thought, <laughs> you remember I, that? I, and I saw that there was an electronic music awards in Miami this year that they have still oh, been doing. A separate one, a different one. But see, I don't know what there's. Yeah, there's the different. The fact that I didn't even know what it was. I, you know, it's. <laughs> I actually Sorry. told one of the artists, uh, ISO XO, mm-hmm. I was like, did you know that you were nominated for Best New Artist? He's like, oh, yeah. oh that's cool. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Okay. So, think, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, whatever variety of electronic yeah, anyway, music yeah. awards have come and gone, as we can tell, some. Less well, and also, no others. one actually thinks that the Grammys' best dance music awards really are ever. Indicative of and they actually they actually made a change this year that I think will hopefully move us in the right direction because the Recording Academy and the Grammy stuff is very complicated and I know some of it but I feel like I couldn't even do a really good job of explaining it so we'll we should have a guest come and explain that one time yeah Um, but there's always been a lot of controversy as we know because the dance category for many years was always infiltrated by pop. Where, you know, someone like a Lady Gaga or a Beyonce could release a dance album and then win the category against actual dance artists, therefore leaving dance artists with nowhere else to go or no awards to win. And so that's been an issue that's happened for a long time. We saw it this past year because Beyonce released Renaissance and very house music driven. So then, of course, it won those categories. And they actually made a change this year where they they separated and actually made their own category for pop dance. I believe I'm saying that correctly. I could be saying it wrong, but basically separating it so that those kind of records can have their own place and Mm. then actual dance electronic artists and albums 
can k- keep their own genre or category. So yeah, I think that's a good move. That's yeah, I think that's totally yeah. fair. I mean, usually you'll have those like juggernaut crossovers, like obviously when Daft Punk won that one year, mm-hmm. you're like that's guaranteed for the this the genre category, but then they won album yeah. of the year, mm-hmm. and that happens a lot of times with hip hop. One that comes to mind is like Outkast. Speakerbox yeah. Love Below was like the juggernaut. Lauren Hill, the mm-hmm. juggernaut that year. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's just the Grammys. But I think with dance music, we're seeing that hip hop just celebrated its 50th anniversary yep. mm-hmm. uh, about a week ago. And dance music, you know, depending on who you ask, mm. uh, the origin, but it's about mm-hmm. roughly, you know, about 40 years or so yeah, or okay, less. Yeah. But I really think like we have to consider the. Like, it, it's tough, right? Because you have, like, the Giorgio Moroder kind of, like, disco stuff, and you have craft right. work, and this, like, but I think that dance music as we know it now, yeah. we can really, I think, attribute to, I want to say the late 80s, and then to, like, you know, like, just kind of what we consider dance music now, and then how it, people are identifying it, like, the rave stuff, and mm. it's so new. Like, it's it's just, like, incredibly new. Yeah, And I don't think, I think this next generation, this current generation is the one because like we've said before, they've grown up with this stuff throughout their, in in, in America, mm-hmm. that it will then be commonplace. It'll be a commonplace genre by the time that they're in their 30s or 40s and then their kids are, it's not yeah. weird to go to a rave, you know? Yeah. When, I, when I was in, when I was in high school, it was, yeah. it was extremely not cool to Definitely go to a rave. the alternative thing to do. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. it was like, kind of like you, it was very like almost in line with like you also played Dungeons and Dragons or like <laughs> you know like you brought glow sticks to prom. Yeah, you know, I'm you... not. I'm not even kidding. Like, <laughs> did you bring glow sticks? No, prom? I'm just saying. Like, there's kids who brought Don't glow sticks lie, to Jack. prom. Don't lie. <laughs> Shout out to my my boy Brian who brought two dates to prom. That was very controversial. Um, <laughs> my mouth is hanging open in shock. He on in one on either watching. arm. Oh, so they knew. Yeah. So they knew. Oh, no, I thought but, you meant but like it was he like, secretly brought. No, he brought one. two. He brought two uh, dates on either arm to prom. Yeah, shout and, out uh, Brian. He's got. He had the riz before riz was riz. <laughs> <laughs> Our assistant principal, Miss Monroe, did not like that. Her face oh. was very, uh, very mortified. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see the growth from just that was like 2005, 2006. How yeah. not cool. Yes. It was to go to raves. You were going to like together as one. Yeah. And seeing like, you know, just it, it was Euro dance kind of stuff, you yeah. know, and stuff like that. I don't yeah. know if you had the same kind of. Oh, definitely. I mean, I feel like I lived in an area where I wasn't even close enough to a city for it to be like even the alternative kids were really going. I think right when I was graduating, some people did start going to like the EDCs and I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Like I didn't, I was like, that looks wild. But um, I think you're right. And it's interesting to point that out too, because I think the other part of dance music being behind in a way is that it's really global and therefore really different and like fragmented because in Europe, they kind of are maybe like 10 20 years ahead of us, I would say, where I remember having that distinct experience where I went and you would see like middle-aged people at the rave and it was like very normal. They were just going because like they grew up with that music. And I think you're right. I think, unfortunately, we're going to be those middle-aged people. I know. Well, I mean, I I, I remember I went to like Avalon in like 2000. 
10 mm. or 11 maybe mm. and it was like Bob Sinclair on a Saturday like Saturday at Avalon back in the day used to get real Crazy. real dark uh, no because <laughs> like they would dark. stay open really late I think they would stay open till you know like 6 or 7 people oh. people would stay after oh and um, gremlin hours oh man there's just like you. I was at Bob Sinclair and there's like a ton of like Vietnamese folk like in their 50s just like ripping cigs like I was like damn okay they're they know about this culture they're <laughs> like, going they're going so in. I felt like I was behind yeah like fair. you know maybe they people had grown up with discotheques and stuff like that it was to me it was yeah. it, the newest like it being cool was like super new to me yeah um, yeah I would say it, yeah and we talk about that a lot so my my point I guess bringing it back to the whole thing is that yeah. like having beef and like having <laughs> like cool style and mm, this yes. this is like a new, Very new. Th- like yeah these are all extensions of social media i feel like more yeah. so um, and like the popification popification or the, or the dj's becoming actual stars recognized stars yeah. or, or artists or figures that have some sort of like they're their opinions and their voice has some sort of value in the culture because I'm interested to hear because your journalism background, but one of the things I was mentioning recently to someone is that DJs talking direct to consumer, Mm. like on their social media and actually even just talking, like people want to hear what they have to say is a very new thing. Yeah. Now rappers and vocalists, they're, Music is yeah. their voice, yes. so yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. imbued. So when you hear Cardi B's voice on a record, her personality... And she's saying something. Yeah, like, well, or even if yeah. you just heard her music, mm-hmm. you would be like, oh, I get a feel for like what she's like. You yeah, know? and like who she is sort of thing. No, yeah. you're totally right, because yeah. as you were saying that, I was racking my brain trying to figure out, I was like, okay, who was really the first modern-day dance music star? And I was kind of thinking, I was like, we actually had a couple, but I feel like they were more in line with what dance music was in that they were a bit weird, right? Mm-hmm. Like we had Daft Punk who were stars, but then they didn't say anything. They were yeah. faceless, you know? So that's yeah. one version of a star. And then I feel like we had the Dead Mouse, who was a star, had his iconic look, but then yeah. Dead Mouse is Dead Mouse and, you know, says whatever he wants, pisses people off and doesn't really care. So that was also very like... Okay, you're that kind of a star. I think in between two to that point, yeah. like, you, you had like Tiesto. Yes. It's like a very, I mean, yes, and that is sure. just because, like, again, it goes back to this thing was like, that's what people said was a DJ. Yes. But it was always European. Yeah. No, no sauce. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I feel like he, he was for sure a star. Hits, you know, was beloved by people, but. I feel like he definitely took the approach of not saying anything for years, right? Yeah, like he was, was just the star. It was always like music. the smiling, like the yeah, just happy to be there. Which, like, I think he know? did such a good job because he truly was everywhere, yeah, and yeah. still is kind of everywhere. Yeah, and we've had a couple stars similarly do the same thing. Like, I even feel like you know, like the Avicis and the Calvin Harrises, like when that was the era. They were stars for sure. Like Calvin Harris was doing like Calvin Klein campaigns, you know, but they also weren't really super vocal or yeah. like personality forward stars, I would say. Yeah, they not were so really much. focused on making just hits. Well, and, also Calvin Harris yeah. himself, he came from an indie disco rock kind of 
yeah. um, area, like his first records, uh, acceptable in the eighties, and yeah. I invented disco, all that stuff. It's obviously very different. Yeah. Anyone who was around then, um, very good. Yeah, a very modern figure that I think changed the culture and what we're talking mm. about is probably Diplo. Mm. Uh, that was one of the people who I felt like his celebrity and his personality preceded even him as a m- musician. Like people were aware of him as a personality in yeah. a very mainstream way more than even like the records that he had made. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, that goes into like another topic, but about, you know, the artist and art. Yeah. But I guess like it is interesting when I think about how we digest these artists' personalities or like we create the image of them in our head. Mm. A lot of it was me reading blogs and right. reading articles. Because Instagram and TikTok didn't exist, but Instagram wasn't as big. Yeah. Kind of back or then. maybe you heard their voice on like maybe they had a radio program. Like mm-hmm. if you like Scream and Benga or you liked, you know, um you liked Pete Tong or like these yeah. these figures. You would hear their voices. Yeah. And maybe you would hear like a sound like, hey, hey guys, what's up? It's so and so. This yeah. is my essential mix. But <laughs> you didn't really need I don't think you needed a lot more for the artist to have to explain Mm -hmm. so that's what makes it really interesting about like why do people have to have so much of their voice represented now so much of their personality Mm -hmm. and is that more valuable than the music really because like it it, yeah because that was there's definitely been that shift in the last 10 15 years yeah. but i literally i literally remember only reading articles of people's quotes and i would imagine what their voice sounded like and i don't mm. think i needed anything more back in like the early 2010s like yeah that was i i don't know if you had a similar experience but i would someone would release a record i would read the article yeah. i'd be like sick dope and then i'd listen to it and then i would interpret kind of their their whole art you know because for electronic music like yes. they, they're yeah. not speaking or singing on it right yeah no i think yeah. you're right because honestly i mean I know we've talked about these topics often, but I feel like I'm having the experience of racking my own brain currently and thinking about like, oh, yeah, that is how I experience like even blogging, like when people would upload stuff on SoundCloud, like at that point, the Instagrams and stuff did exist. But I feel like it didn't matter as much like you truly were just like, I really like this sound. I'm into this vibe that they're making. And slowly we started getting more involved in like, okay, like this is you know, their influence or what they're interested in or what they're trying to say and all that kind of stuff. But I think you're so right. I think Diplo was kind of the first of the dance genre to realize the power in getting people's attention with his personality and just being like kind of ridiculous, a little very extra. I remember And I mean, kind like, of like straight up responding to like clowns and being like, yes. Yeah, you suck. You know, or like whatever. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, he just actually he could he you could do that? Yeah. You and just like and now I'm like having the flashback of I totally it's so funny that I mean Diplo has ha- had so much craziness yeah. attached to his name, but yeah. like the era of God, what was like he was just reposting girls twerking yeah. for like two years straight. <laughs> like that I, was his marketing. Totally, after. totally. And 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 the early Twitter, like, I mean, obviously anyone can respond to any tweet now. Yeah. But those DJs felt so accessible. Like, yeah. You that was when I think people started to realize, like, oh my god, like, you know, like he just responded to my tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, I didn't think mm-hmm. that like actually people were reading this criticism. Yeah. <laughs> or like reading <laughs> this sad. like these like shit posts. Yeah. But 
Um, now we take that for granted. Now it's like, oh, that's yeah. It's come, now it's encouraged no, to almost yes. talk to the fans on their level. Yeah, but, and I guess what you were saying before about, you know, is it more valuable? I feel like when you say that, I'm like, oh, obviously not. But then you're like, well, for I guess maybe for the average music fan, if I try and remove myself from a, someone who has spent a lot of time being like a music thinker, talking and like, you know, analyzing stuff in the music industry, something we talked to Wookie about where he pointed out, he was like, you know, a lot of people are just fans. Like they listen to it in the gym. They listen to it in passing or if their friend shows them something cool and they maybe actually don't really know that much about artists and like who people are and all the controversies that they're involved in so in a way it's like the top line of what people are putting out there as their personality can also now catch those people's attention right it's like so if you're just maybe maybe if you're just a frat star who likes fun music but then you see john summit also parties at the frats you're like i relate yeah i relate to him yeah. i love him and that's all you need to know so like that works. I think that's cool for some people, but I think it's harder because, like, the more invested you get into the genre and the people who take up space in the genre, the more, I guess, you have feelings about things that they're saying or doing right. and the way that they give back to the community or get involved in the community. So, well, I mean, it's hard. It, it, there's this misconception that everything in, uh, I'm sure this applies to almost every field, mm -hmm. but especially like on dance music Twitter, like that it has to be earned by merit. And, you know, there's like an order to how things go and you go and you like go to the next level mm. and people don't like it when you skip steps. I know this for a fact. Interesting. Behind yeah. the scenes, especially when I talk to yeah. other artists and they're like, Dude, he's like doing this venue. Like so he like skipped example, that venue and now he's doing shrine or right. Would an example of that be like, I don't know, maybe if you were like a TikTok artist and you didn't play the small shows and then all of a sudden you're maybe opening for someone really big at a big venue. Like yeah, people totally. get upset by that. Yeah. I think there's yeah. a lot of people that feel like you didn't earn you have to you have to earn it. You yeah. have to earn your stripes. You have to go through the same struggles Ste yeah. yeah you have to you have to go step by step <laughs> yeah so people don't like it when you skip steps yeah. john summit has skipped a lot of steps he's become but he's been around for a while so like yeah. that's that's the thing that a lot of people don't recognize it's like dude it takes like eight night eight years to become an overnight celebrity you know yeah and it's like i don't i don't I don't lob any criticisms at someone like john summit as much as other people because i feel like he has an archetype like you're saying yeah for the frat culture yeah it's like doesn't Fisher like kind of have a similar archetype? Like, isn't yeah. he one of the biggest artists in the world? Isn't this just like the same model that's just always going to be there? Yeah, and I, well, I, I think the interesting part about that, about you bringing up like skipping steps, is also I think that's the catch twenty two maybe of getting a lot of success for having a strong image or brand or controversial things you're saying because then you're also making those mistakes. Like, everyone makes mistakes. No one ever says all the right things or does all the right things. Like, that's just a human, you know, fact. So it's like when you start to gain a really big audience and then you do have a mistake, I feel like it hits a lot harder than, you know, maybe if you're smaller and you're like, oh, I realize that, like, some people didn't like that or some trolls start finding it or whatever. But yeah, I think that's also difference is that now things just feel a bit more large at scale like there's so many more people watching all the time if you're trying to do something you know in this genre in this space so well i yeah it's it's interesting because and it's something that we 
we talked with medicine about if you haven't listened to the medicine episode go back it's a banger um where he was like you know back in the day i used to care when ex dj would share me on their stories Mm -hmm. or when the you know edm beef about this stuff like was really Mm -hmm. serious right and now Later on in in growth and in, in maturity, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean yeah. anything. To no, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, that's cool, but or oh, that's annoying, but it doesn't. It's not life changing. Yeah. And I think now that I'm on it, in that space, I'm kind of on the other end of it. I look at what John Summers doing, and like, I, like I think a lot of it is around the bender stuff and like the partying mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And as someone who's almost five years alcohol free, like I don't really have a problem with it because mm-hmm. I'm like it's just so imbued in the culture. Like what, like someone's going to be the, the poster child for the Mm. debauchery of this scene. Like, are we supposed to expect that? Like you play splash house and no one drinks any alcohol. Like, you know, to me, (laughs) it just feels like disingenuous that like everyone has to adhere to a moral code that isn't, uh, you know, unanimous for everyone. Yeah. Know? Well, that's an interesting thing, too, because I feel like I think about this a lot, actually, outside of just dance music and more more in the pop space, I would say, because, I mean, I feel like everything we're talking about just gets amplified times 50 with pop stars. Like, I think of someone like a Doja Cat. Like, right now, she's, like, talk of the town because she's kind of going, quote, unquote, off the rails and, like, just saying weird stuff, dressing really strange, and people are like, why are you doing this? Like, and... It makes me think of all the weird expectations that we put on pop stars or musicians who reach a certain level of fame because it's like they're just people, you know, they're just people who are really creative and have a sort of talent that they've shared. But especially with like now I'm talking about pop stars, I'm talking about like female pop stars, we expect them to be like really talented, but then also be someone to look up to like a role model for other women and then also be, you know, a spokesperson for being a woman in rap in her case or something like that. When it's like, it's a lot to put on someone, yeah, you know? And it's like, who's to say we've again had many conversations about this when you're a creative and you're an artist. A lot of, a lot of the times you work on, you know, the music that you put out, you reach some sort of audience, but then you realize like, I'm not going to do this forever. Like, I'm going to change. I'm going to grow. You have to kind of go away and experience some stuff and then come back with, like, more great music. So it's a really interesting thing that we put on people. And I guess bringing it back to dance music, I always think to myself, I'm like, what are the expectations we're putting on these stars? Like, do we expect John Summit to be a role model? Because, like, I think that's the funny question I always have to myself when I'm, like, watching these conversations go down. Like, you know, we all feel a certain way about whatever he's saying, but like, I don't pretend that he's supposed to be a role model. No, for anyone. And you know yeah, what I that mean? is the interesting <laughs> like, part is, yeah. is that I, I agree um, with what you're saying. I, yeah. I, I think I can say it because I'm like at this particular point in my life, yeah. you know, that I don't really look up to any of these people, but I can't <laughs> say that the same, the same was true when I was 19. For sure. And yes. And that's what I try and remember as well. Y- yeah, yeah. But then I, I think a lot of it just becomes like this thing. Cause you know, like, like you're saying, like Diplo had the same sort of criticisms, I'm sure, back in his heyday when he was coming up and saying mm-hmm. things and posting things. <laughs> yeah. And really, you know, you have to really ask yourself, like, are dance music DJs the role models that we should be sort of putting on a pedestal and, mm-hmm. and use, using as a 
uh, template for our moral conduct. You know, it's like I I don't think that that's a good area to look for role models. I think you could mm. just enjoy them for being. It's like, hey, he's got a couple great songs, you know? Right. Hey, I heard Where You Are in the Lobby when we walked in today. I was like, great. And he's song. a hit maker. Yeah. We can't deny it. Like, I don't, I'm he, not thinking about yeah. like sort of the, the, like the, the impact of like this person's, you know, judgment or, you know, beyond like a, a, a certain point of like being, a, you know, a monster or someone who is actually like destructive. But like, mm. I don't really think anyone should be. Uh, looked up to in any way <laughs> at all. I mean, I you will know? say I think there's certain folks, you know, if we're just talking about the dance music genre, I think that there's certain people that spend a lot of effort in their own time and then also in the public sphere choose to speak out on behalf of, you know, whether it's you're a woman, whether you're a person of color and they like want to speak about that, which is very important and should be done. And I think like in that case, yes, like Look towards this person for the efforts and the thoughts that they're putting into, whether it's their work or conversations that they're having or people they surround themselves with, because that stuff is really important. But for the artists that don't choose to do that, yeah, yeah. and to be honest, when you get to a certain level, it does become a bit of an active choice to, and I'm not saying that like, you know, every famous DJ has to speak you know, about diversity or whatever it is. But it's like, you have a platform. So they have the opportunity to pick and choose what they do put out there. Yeah. And if they don't choose to do that, then like, do we put that expectation on them? That's like an interesting thing. Well, it's no, like, that's, yeah. Yeah. No, finish the thought. Finish yeah, because I do think that like, yes, I agree. I would love it if more, especially like men, like white men were out there, you know, bringing awareness or bringing up other whether it's other artists or communities or whatnot, but like you can't necessarily, I guess, expect all of them to do that. But yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that that's true because that, that was one of the things that I think in sort of like a post me to sort of post George Floyd BLM sort mm -hmm. of world where we were expecting, like we saw a lot of humanity and a lot of reality come out of a lot of, these figures getting canceled mm -hmm. or, you know, getting called out. And, you know, I think it was like a, it was a real awakening for a lot of people like, oh, yeah. okay, I need to behave like this or like I have a platform, like this yeah. is how I should use it. But on the other, uh, like when we saw like so many of these posts from DJs, like, yeah. you know, a white bro kind of like Just trying to talk it. on some of these yeah. issues, like I do think it was important, but I also felt like I don't think... I don't know if this is why I came, mm. why anyone is coming to this person's, you know, at the time it was important, but I think going forward, it's like, I don't, I'm not expecting that person to be a a figure for social justice. Like, I just don't yeah. think that they have the capacity to actually do that the right way. Well, I think the the other interesting part of that is that I don't. Because here, it's it's tough, right? Because like, I hear that and I'm like, well, at the same time, I, of course, like appreciate that they've tried, but at the same time, I'm disappointed that it was only just the one time at the certain The David time Guetta it, getting on the mic. Right, like <laughs> when it felt like everyone was doing the post, so they yeah, were sitting yeah. there. You know that there were some people sitting there going like, oh, snap, I got to do my post. Otherwise, people are going to think that I don't support it. And then that's the yeah. last time they ever thought about it. And that's yeah. not great. It's not the worst, but it's not great. But it is one of those things where I think like, 
actions speak louder than words. I think it's one thing to say the tweet when everyone else is tweeting it, but it's another thing to, again, when you rise up to a certain level, you have a platform. Like, mm-hmm. you choose the people that you work with or you bring up with you. And I will say that, like, you know, Diplo, there's many things to say about him and the many things that he says and stuff, but I think that there's there's ways that he has taken some actions. I'm not saying he's done the perfect job, but like, you know, he brings up other artists with him. Like I think of like someone like Aluna, like that he's on uh she's on his like higher ground lineups all the time. And like she's someone who's like such a great spokesperson and and speaks so clearly and like loudly about things that she believes in. And like I think that's great that he is bringing more audience to her, more visibility to her, doing things like that. Yeah, and the that yeah. is something that I think consistently throughout his career he's done. Yeah. I, I can say that. Yeah. The platform thing is really interesting. Yeah. I think us becoming aware of that word is is mm-hmm. an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, the platform thing, I think, is the main issue. I think yeah. people feel like they, that people should speak on these things or... They should maintain a certain level of moral conduct because of the platform. Mm. Like this plat, you've become, we've made you famous. So now make sure that you stick within the parameters of this or Mm. else we're going to take you, we're going to take you off the platform. Yeah. And I've actually, you know, I've seen people who got accused of some misconduct and they literally put out a statement, you know, usually it'll be a, a notes iPhone app. notes app. <laughs> and it's like, I'm deplatforming. Oh. And then they Wait, like, they said that? I've literally seen a few artists oh. who are like, I'm deplatforming. And then they're, they've been, they've left. They're gone. They're gone. Which I find like very interesting. Like it, it mm. even if you had like one of the artists had like a, like maybe like a couple thousand followers mm-hmm. and then, they were deplatforming, you know? So a platform mm. is very subjective now. Mm. It's very, like, I, I that's why I, I kind of, like, I shudder to think about, like, you know, getting up in arms about, you know, John Summit's platform, which is maybe <laughs> a couple hundred thousand people or, yeah. or what. And then Kyrie Irving. Like, we're talking about two different mm. things, you know? Like, mm. we're, like, the platforms are, like, this dude's got an elevator and mm. this guy's like just like right here on on a box crate, you know. Mm. I'm just thinking about like you know in this day and age we can't we're un, almost unable to separate the artist from their art, mm. you know, and I think that's yeah. what we we were talking about as like a a through line in this conversation, but it is really interesting how like on every level people are so conscious about you know the way that they're going to be received. Yeah more than their music will be received, you know, and I find that I find that quite interesting. I don't I don't necessarily know if I have an opinion on it. I just find it yeah. a, a curious side effect of this. Yeah, age. I think it's yeah, I feel like one thing I took away again from our conversation with medicine was that when we were having these kind of interesting debates, I feel like he often would sit there and be like, actually, I don't know if it is good or bad. It just is the state of how it is. And yeah. I actually feel like that's kind of what it is. Cause I agree. I mean like we can easily point out what's bad about becoming famous for your art and then being subjected to all of your actions, being judged by everyone. Like, there's plenty bad about that on either side. But I don't necessarily agree that it shouldn't be that way because it's like these people do get so much power and persuasion 
in the things that they decide to publicize or put themselves behind. So it's like, yeah, we should hold them a little accountable. I think we have to be a little realistic with ourselves sometimes and be like, okay, is that person going to be like the high moral standards, like we said, of whatever it is? Probably not. But yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I understand like with streamers and YouTubers, yeah, their personality and their whole image is their art, you know, mm. and 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 a lot of them have fans that are children. Right. You know, and so I get that, you know, and and with music, you know, it's the same way. Any person of any age most of the time can listen to these artists. Yeah. So you don't know if you're how old your fan base is, but I do feel like there was a clear separation of art and artist um that has in time become more blurred mm. and now is almost like had an inverse effect where now it's mm. people are discovering the artist's personality and their image or their brand. Mm -hmm. And then the music is kind of like a byproduct of that. So yeah. I can understand why someone would get offended or disappointed or, you know, really, really hurt if like someone that they discovered through those means who is like their identity is tied to what they like, they start dressing like the artist or they, mm. they start becoming interested in certain issues because mm -hmm. this person was talking about them, this DJ, <laughs> you know, and then, and then they turn out to be a, a shitty person. Like I can understand why it would be really disappointing. Yeah. Um, and we've all had to have that kind of conversation with ourselves um, internally in the last couple of years when certain people that I'm sure we liked yeah. uh, got canceled, you know, sure. but yeah. it is super interesting to me because one, one example is Michael Jordan in, in the last dance uh, documentary, you yeah. know, he was, he, he he took a lot of heat because he didn't really take a clear political stance in his playing career. Mm -hmm. And there was this one quote that he had that says, Republicans buy sneakers too. Um, <laughs> and it's a very famous quote. Yeah. And that was just kind of, that was kind of like the mentality back in the day is like, you didn't take a clear political social stance on anything because it was like- Because he's well, a businessman Right, you're going to lose like 50% yeah, of yeah, your audience. exactly. But now what I've seen in, in studies is that millennials and Gen Z- feel apprehensive about supporting a brand or a figure if they're not if their political or social uh affiliation is not overt or like very clear and communicated right and that i think uh, for at least us running a brand and for a lot of artists i think has been a huge shift in making sure that that is actually very clear from day one totally have you seen kind of like a similar thing you know, in, the, in that evolution. Oh, my God, of course. I mean, I feel like that's just such a cultural thing that we've just experienced with, like, political divide becoming just something that no one can not think about, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, like, I feel like, again, when we were growing up becoming, like, fans of whether it was musicians, sports athletes or whatnot— I just remember never thinking about it. Like it just what never even came up, like who yeah. someone voted for or like what they believed in or anything like that. But I feel like now it's just become such a touch point for people. And yeah, I think like, again, art is so, it draws people in such a way, you know, that like they feel so tied and passionate to like whatever the art is that they're drawn to that now they have to get it cleared up because it's like, otherwise it's going to you know, right. devastate them. Well, ambu ambiguity is like a huge thing too. Like, yeah. if, like, you know, people say, Oh, like you're, you haven't said anything yet. Mm. You know, Taylor Swift was drawn a lot yep. of ire over the last couple of years where it's like people, she never said anything about politics. Mm -hmm. And so recently in the last couple of years, she's gotten very, very vocal about, mm -hmm. you know, 
campaigning for people and yeah. stuff. And yeah. it's a it's a huge like that's a huge shift in our yeah. culture. I I don't know if you remember when there was the Hurricane Katrina live stream, uh, you know, fundraiser, a telethon, and Kanye West said George Bush doesn't care about black people on national television. <laughs> of course I remember that. Not only did that cause a huge uproar amongst, yeah. you know, people who were supporting um, George Bush, but, like, there was a lot of conversation about how you couldn't actually say that about the president. Mm. Like, there, there was, like, an etiquette, like, where you weren't actually allowed to say that. Hmm. It was very inflammatory mm. in that context to mm-hmm. say something so so it's really interesting that that now is like tame like like <laughs> it's like our Compared own presidents are firing off the most said. like inflammatory yeah. things you know and um so it's really interesting that when you see like i, I see this a lot when someone is like you know like when a, a, a dj or someone is talking about like Maybe they want, they're saying, hey, you should get boosted or like, you know, they're wearing yeah. a mask in a photo. And then you mm. see the comments where people are like, keep your politics out of my music, man. <laughs> it's just like yeah. that, that person feels like they're living in a totally different decade. Like it is yeah. just like. Which like it, there's a whole history to talk about that. I don't even think we can fit into this no, conversation but, about dance music like hip hop different in many ways. But like hip hop has always been tied to you know, political, socio-cultural issues at hand. Yeah. And it may not be so direct in as in hip-hop with lyrics that you're actually just, you know, saying out loud, but whether it's, like, the actual artist and, like, how they were releasing music or the people that they were playing to or the venues that they had to go to in order to play their music, like, all of that stuff is so tied into it. And, of course, I know now there are some artists who are, like, so many steps removed from that at this point that like maybe that doesn't feel like like those are the the, the fans where they're like keep keep your politics out of my music or whatnot but like it's important to remember that like that's part of the culture as well, well. yeah i have i have a question for you i this is an interesting one that i think you and i can speak on because we're both asian american but yeah. you know there was like the stop asian hate movement and then a lot of you know asian american figures you know, would come, were coming out, this is like a couple of years ago mm-hmm. with like posts about like their heritage or like things that they've experienced in their lives, like microaggressions or actual hate crimes and stuff. And, and I, you know, I don't know if you remember this kind of part, but like for me, like it felt like really, I was at like kind of like a crossroads because, mm. you know, at one hand I was like, this is great that like people are shedding light on some of the stories or experiences that, you know, I've had or my family members have had mm-hmm. or my friends have had. And then I kind of like shared a post about like what I've done in the Japanese American community and with like my Buddhist temple and stuff. But I've been posting this stuff for years, but like for this one finally started to get a lot of traction. But then mm. I was like, it's not like the bigots are liking this post. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I just feel like it's yeah. a lot of the people who already know me or agree that like we should stop Asian hate. So I just, yeah, that was for me a tough part. I don't know if you felt a similar way when there is like, it's like your community is like mm-hmm. having its moment and then, you know, and then you have to speak on it. Like, I didn't know if like I needed to speak on it in a very, in that way. Like, I feel like there's like mm-hmm. a time and place in which I discussed that stuff, but it felt very forced on my end. And then yeah. I didn't know how I felt about it after. Yeah. You know? I mean, I totally get that. I feel like I remember feeling similar feelings around that time. Cause one, I feel like in moments of, like high emotion and crisis 
it feels sometimes so trivial to do like a post where you're talking about, you know, your own experience or whatnot. But at the same time, you would see that kind of like influx of positive response. And even if it was from people that, like you said, typically already know this stuff about you, already support you sort of thing, it feels like, what am I really doing? But then you kind of remember that it is reaching more people than you think, you know? Those are just the people who are doing, going the extra step and like supporting you and vocalizing it. But it is really important in moments like that to speak up and participate and share your experience. Cause I've had that too happen where like, you know, whether it's a celebrity or a friend of mine say something and I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize like you also kind of felt that way or like, wow, that makes me feel like I didn't just go through that by myself or I don't feel weird for having experienced that by myself. So So ultimately it can be selfless or you can be like, well, you're doing more, more good. You're just more of a net positive. You got to kind of remove yourself from it a little bit. And I think it goes back to what I was saying of like, you know, we're joking about the word platform and, you know, various sizes of platforms like you and I have minimal platforms at best, I would say, compared to, you know, celebrities and other people. I don't, I don't even get off the ground, Val. <laughs> this, this ain't no platform. But at the same time, I do think what I was saying before about whoever, whatever size platform you have, you choose what you talk about. You choose what you say, like, this is who I am or this is what I care about and what I want to share with my friends and family, if that's just it. But I do think that's really important because, like, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to share any of that. You could no. choose to talk only about, like, I don't know, superhero movies or basketball or whatever and just never talk about the rest of the stuff. But, like, if it's important enough for you where you want to share it and you feel strongly about it, then, like, I think that says a lot about how you treat your platform. Yeah. You know. I think that's well said. I, yeah. I'm. Again, you know, I'm not criticizing anyone for the decision that they make to share or not share anything, but mm-hmm. that was just like one thing where, you know, I because like it's I always tricky. felt like yeah. yeah, I always felt like the best representation, especially when we started, was just by being up there, yeah, and like not ever shedding like pointing to it. Mm. But I think things have changed, and I think yeah. I have to kind of like also identify that like unless you don't clearly communicate there's is so much noise now like you people have to like know it and hear it yes and not just like you can't just expect that they're gonna see it and Um, that's the thing i feel like i feel like again and this is a symptom of us getting older and being like this generation versus that generation but i really do think that we have to remember that things have changed like you said this is just kind of the state of things now we have to accept that people you know, take personality really seriously when it comes to fame and art that they attach to and all that stuff. But then at the same time, I feel like the younger generation that is kind of perpetually online and like takes all that stuff really seriously also has to remember that like people make mistakes. It's not the internet is forever as when we grew up. Like that's how we felt. The internet is forever in some ways, but at the same time, like you can say something, realize you're wrong, change your mind. You can learn, you can get better the next time around sort of thing. And I feel like we've seen some of that happening, especially like in this new era of DJs with personalities saying things that are sometimes silly. Yeah. So I kind of feel like that's where I land. Again, it's not a good or a bad thing. It's just the state of how it is. And I feel like let's remember that dance music isn't so serious. But then at the same time, remember that like those with a platform, like you do have 
the ability to be serious. And it, maybe you should yeah. take some time and think about what you'd like to say. That's I true. I think it is really that, important. That's true. I mean, I just assume everyone has a ghost producer. And <laughs> honestly, and producing. I just assume that like most people kind of suck. I, and I'm not, I'm, I honestly, I'm not saying that to be funny. I actually <laughs> just assume that because like, <laughs> dude, like just people you know, like yeah. personally, your own friends, yeah. like some of them aren't great people. Like, you know, maybe, maybe <laughs> whoa, not. Whoa, whoa. Speak Sorry. for yourself. All my friends are high caliber friends. All, some of my friends, <laughs> Jose, uh, <laughs> some of my friends, you know, like, I, I don't think that they would maybe be, be the best to have a platform. They're not bad. They're for not sh- bad oh, people. For sure. But like, I don't they're know. They're not bad they- people, but they shouldn't probably have a Twitter with a million followers. Yeah, Let's exactly. put it that way. They're yes, not going to exactly. be firing off some yes. like nice out-of-pocket morning uh, affirmations. Yeah, you know? which which is a great thing to realize for yourself. Yeah. I'll say. And it's a mature I, thing. Like that's just not <laughs> their place. And like that doesn't mean that they're... So I think the interesting demand that artists, you know, it almost feels like the bar is so high to become a successful artist mm-hmm. these days that we've almost found like, you know, the most like razor thin criteria that you have to fit to, you know, deserve a platform a lot of times. Or you could yeah. just be like the opposite and just be like the most inflammatory, the most yeah. controversial person. And you'll probably garner an audience, but like people will hate you. Like, um, you know. Yeah. And that's just, again, dependent on who you are and how thick your skin is also of like, can you handle a bunch of people criticizing you or being mean to you on the internet? Some people can. Some people oh, are down people for that. People wake up but... <laughs> and it's just like we drink a yate, you know. Yeah, exactly. Some people like, oh, yeah, wake up great. and are ready just, to start some beef. I'm getting, I, I sort my Reddit by controversial. <laughs> oh, uh, my gosh. Yeah. So, so last, but to end on this, so do you think that the separation of artist and art is possible? Or do you think that it's just kind of too blurred at this point? I feel as though the current state if I'm being totally realistic, mm-hmm. I don't think it's really as possible to separate them. I feel like it used to be a little more viable. And I think, you know, again, it's a scale. Some artists, I think, are better at it and have done a good job of distancing, you know, this is my music or whatever it is. And then, like, I am who I am. And they kind of keep private for that reason. But I think the way things are now internet, social media, the way people care about politics and, you know, what you put your brand behind. I feel like it is blurred. And I think you just have to be a smart fan. And also, if you're a person who has a platform, like I was saying, like, be smart about what you put out there. Because I think every it is every action you take of like, whatever you want to say or share with people, like, that's a choice. It's a conscious choice. So, yeah. Well, that's great. And yeah. my advice to all of you listening, do not look up to these DJs, please. <laughs> None of them. Oh, my God. None of them deserve any of your adoration or Chad's feeling there are no role today. models. There's a couple. Be, I'm, <laughs> I'm here to keep things positive. Now that I've woken up, I'm chugging my yate. <laughs> Telling people that there are some people when we some can people trust. zig, I always try to zag, you know. So like people are like, "Oh, that guy sucks." I'm like, "Oh no, he's a he's such a mensch," you know. <laughs> Incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to kind of. And you know what? That's your platform. <laughs> that is your choice. So <laughs> I respect that's, that choice. <laughs> that's a good place, I think, to uh, to leave it now. But uh, yeah, you know, it's 
It's a it's a it's a great time. Glad we have this little platform here. I know <laughs> this one exactly. This one, but right you know what? If you're listening, if you made it all the way to the end of this episode too, like I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I'd love to know because I know that everyone feels differently. About send this us an subject. email. All right. Yeah, send us an email. Us Hit us up old... on the comments and whatnot. But like seriously, I love hearing people's thoughts on this, and I feel like you and I could talk about this for way longer. But we're absolutely not gonna, no, so. we're not gonna. But, Let me know uh, your thoughts. Though. Shout out to Jose producing the show. Yay! And uh, Yate for the cool bevies. Uh, Very delicious. Icon Collective, a music production school for having us. And, Very great. Hey, we'll we'll see you on the next one. See you next time.